Man, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1. I give honor to you tonight. I give honor to our pastor and our assistant pastor, the Bishop Cole. Um, I love them and give them respect tonight. How many love your pastor and love your bishop? Give them honor tonight. I give my wife honor tonight. She's everything to me. And when they asked me to to preach uh, right in the middle of the revival, I counted it as a high honor. And I don't take it lightly. It's always an honor to stand before you. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1. And if you're there, can you shout amen? And it says this. Uh, now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies. Can you say our enemies? heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Somebody say, it was almost finished. And I told pastor, I told pastor this week, I said, I said, you know, he searches out the scripture for all the deep Hebrew and Greek messages But I can tell you something. I found in the Bible the very first emoji, the very first winky face. Do you see that? Now, you can search out for all the Hebrew and Greek. I can't do that. But I found the very first historical winky face in the Bible. You can look it up. It's in there. It says this in verse 2, that Samballot and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come. Let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Somebody say, oh no. That wasn't the will of God that 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 was going to happen. Oh no. No, I'm not going to go there. But they thought to do mischief. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? One more scripture, Romans 8 and verse 31. A familiar passage of scripture says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I want to preach to you tonight uh, on this subject. And uh, I'm going to take my liberty here Uh, And just say it like this. If God be for us, who cares who's against us? If God be for us, who cares who's against us? Amen. Why don't you put your Bible down for just a minute? Let's lift up our hands all over the sanctuary. And for just a minute, could you pray that God would begin to touch us tonight? Can somebody just lift up their voice for just a minute? Lord Jesus, we worship you and we give you praise tonight. Lord, I'm thankful for the presence of God that we feel in this atmosphere tonight. I'm thankful for every, Lord, every one of these glorious saints that have come out here tonight to worship and give you praise right smack dab in the middle of revival. God, we're not going to stop this thing, but we're going to step out of the way and let you have your way tonight. God, help me to step out of the way and just have your way tonight. It doesn't matter what's coming against us, God. Have your way. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. One more time, if you'll step out of the way tonight and let God have his way, 
Clap your hands one more time to the Lord and lift up a voice of praise. Amen. In Jesus' name, thank you for standing. You may be seated. In our economical society, they often do surveys on employees who have recently quit their occupation. And there are all kinds of different reasons why people quit their jobs. Some people just simply don't like their job. Others are seeking to make more income, which is always understandable in our economy. Can I get an amen? But to my surprise, the most common answer from employees who chose to quit their job was because, and I quote, I felt like what I was doing was just not important. People are more likely to quit when they feel as though they're, what they're doing is not important. When they feel as though what they're doing is not making a difference, they are convinced of unimportance. And I feel in my spirit that in these last days that the enemy has convinced some of us of unimportance. The enemy wants nothing more than to convince you that what you're doing for God is unimportant. We live in a culture where the ball player is considered more important than the Sunday school teacher. We have young people who are being raised in a culture that teaches that Hollywood actors and actresses are a greater value than of a godly father and a godly mother. We live in a culture where the pop star is considered more valuable than the pastor or the youth pastor or the assistant pastor of your church. The, the voice of the enemy grows louder every day trying to convince the church of unimportance and insignificance. I remember when I was a teenager, I attended a Christian high school. And once they asked us to write an essay called, Who is Your Hero? And I chose to write about my father and, and how he was my hero. And one day we turned in the essays and the next day our teacher got up and, he, and she said, she said, the majority of you in this room wrote about one of three things, an athlete an actor, or a singer. She smiled and said very plainly, y'all need to get some new heroes. <laughs> she said, y'all need to get some new heroes. And I would like to stand up tonight and sing with a loud voice and say it as loud as I can that, Pastor, you're my hero. And godly mother and godly father, you are my hero. Bishop, you are my hero. Youth worker, you are my hero. Sunday school teacher, you are my hero. Prayer warriors, you are my heroes. My heroes aren't the people playing ball on Sunday. My heroes are the people at Tuesday night prayer meeting. My heroes are the people that will pray in an altar for somebody because they know that their soul is in trouble. We need some new heroes in this generation and in this culture. We need to get some new heroes in this place. 
And I came to remind somebody tonight of the words of Nehemiah, which has been ringing in my spirit all week long, and I can't stop thinking about it when he said, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. And I bind the voice of the enemy that has convinced you of unimportance and insignificance, but you are changing the world. Don't come down off the wall, Nehemiah. You cannot come down. You're doing a great work. Come on, Sunday school teacher. Don't stop teaching. You can't come down off the wall. You're doing a great work. Come on, pastor. Come on, bishop. Come on, prayer warrior. We got some heroes in this place. And God's trying to remind him, you're doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Keep building. Keep working. It's making a difference. Well, the kids don't listen. Keep talking to them. Well, the kids smart off in class. Keep teaching the gospel to them. Well, the kids, they don't, they don't treat me with respect. You know what that is? That's the devil's trying to convince you of unimportance and insignificance. And I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. You're one of my heroes. And you are changing the very world that you live in. I wonder if you could just clap your hands right now for a Sunday school teacher. We can clap our hands all day for the actors and the actresses. I wish we would stand up and honor a Sunday school teacher. Why don't we stand on our feet when they call out the name of the prayer warriors? Why don't we on our feet when they call out the name of those who minister every week? Amen. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. You may be seated. And so, if God be for us, who cares who's against us? The world needs a new set of heroes that are defined by the word of God. Nehemiah 1 and 11 says, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. Aren't you glad you know that name? And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. To be the king's cupbearer was considered a high honor. And scripture is very specific to let us know that Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer, and a cupbearer was an officer of high rank in the royal courts whose duty was to serve the drinks at the royal table. On account of the constant fear of plots and intrigues against the king, a person must be regarded as thoroughly trustworthy to hold this position. He must guard against any poison in the king's cup. And sometimes he was even required to swallow some of the wine before serving it to the king to make sure that it was okay for him to drink. And this put Nehemiah in position with the king. He had a one-on-one -on -one relationship with the king. And what he was doing was considered very important in the sight of the king. And because of his position, the king granted Nehemiah permission to go rebuild the walls 
around Jerusalem. And I'm reminding somebody tonight on a Wednesday night that it doesn't matter that what what the enemy is doing to hinder you, if the king has granted you and chosen you for the job, there is no devil, no demon, there is nothing in hell that can stand against you and what God has called you to do. Oh, I don't, you can stare right at me. I'm going to preach it on a Wednesday night. If God be for you, who cares who's against you? If you're in position with the king, if God's given you permission to do it, then nothing can stand between you and what God has called you to do. If you believe that, would you clap your hands to God right now? If you believe that, would you shout hallelujah? He was in position with the king. He had a one-on-one relationship with the king. If God be for us, who cares who's against us? You're the king's cupbearer, and what you're doing is important. I felt the Holy Ghost whispering to me all all week this week, Nathan, you've got to convince somebody who's just this close to giving up that what they're doing is extremely important. You've got to remind somebody tonight that what they're doing is literally changing the world. And I'm speaking to somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost. The devil keeps telling you, go ahead and step down. Go ahead and give it in. Go ahead and throw in the towel. What you're doing isn't making a difference. What you're doing isn't going to help anyone. Anybody, I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. What you're doing is so important. You can't stop. There's lives depending on it. There's children depending on it. We need you, Nehemiah. Lift up your hands right now all over this place and lift up your voice. Come on, somebody. Somebody in this room has been convinced of unimportance. They've been convinced of insignificance. Come on, lift up your voice and pray for them right now. You may not even know who it is. Go ahead and pray for them. You don't need to know their name. You just need to know the name of Jesus. You just need to know the name that you can call over that. Amen. The people sitting on these pews tonight, you don't want to mess with these people. The devil has convinced you for so long that you just like everybody else. That you really, there's no power within you that... He's convinced you for, he, you've been praying the name of Jesus so long and he's whispering in your name, there is no power. That what you're doing doesn't make a difference. You can keep praying. And the snake, that fox, he just keeps saying it over and over and over again. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is reminding somebody tonight, keep on speaking the name of Jesus. <laughs> keep on praying the prayer of faith. Keep on lifting up your hands and praising God. Keep on worshiping. Keep on praying. Don't Quit going to church just because you're in trouble. Don't stop getting into the house of God just because you're in trouble. I came to pull somebody out of complacency tonight and remind you that we need you on the wall. We need you working for the kingdom of God. You don't want to mess with these people. 
These people are powerful. <laughs> if Sister Mueller starts to pray for you, you better back up. The demons better back up. If Sister Martha starts travailing in the Holy Ghost, you better watch out. Oh, if Sister Cole gets a hold of, if Sister Cole starts praying, hey, what's sitting on these pews is the most powerful thing on the face of the earth. Somebody say, devil, you want to mess with this. You don't want to mess with this. That's right. A white preacher to say, you don't want to mess with this. You heard it. Praise God. Can somebody say yes? Nehemiah 4 and 7 says, But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the the Ashadites heard, somebody say that's a lot of ites. They heard that the wall, you, you should see how much I practiced that. I did it. I did it. Thank you, God. They heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth and conspired, all of them together, to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder In the book of Nehemiah, we read of only two kinds of people. We read about helpers and we read about hinderers. Somebody. There were those who were helping Nehemiah build the wall. And there were those who were hindering the building of the wall. And let me ask you tonight, are you a helper or are you a hinderer? And let, let the preacher help you out tonight for just a minute. And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be smart aleck here. But if you're, let me help you. If you're trying to figure out which one of those you are, okay? <laughs> Lord, lead us. Okay. If you're trying to figure out which one you are, if you're not helping, you're probably a hinderer. If you're not giving it everything you got, you're probably hindering the process. If you won't lift up your hands when the preacher says lift up your hands, then you need to check your spirit and say, hey, which one of the H's am I? Am I a helper or am I a hinderer? Am I helping build the wall or am I hindering the work of God? I don't know about you. I want to be a helper. I don't want to hinder the things of God. I don't want to hinder what God's building up to protect us all around us. I don't want to, I don't want to hinder what God is literally putting in place to keep us and to protect us and to help us. Why would I hinder that? Clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Nehemiah, he heard of the hinderers 
who were coming to try and stop the building of the wall that would protect Jerusalem. And when he heard of the hinderers, he grew concerned about the well-being of the helpers. And he said in Nehemiah 4 and 13, he said, this, this really was bothering, this really was bothering Nehemiah that they were threatening his helpers. It really concerned them that Tobiah and Sanballat, see, they tried to, to work with fear. They said, we'll attack your families. And we'll, 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 if we can't get you at the wall, we're going to burn your homes down. We're going to kill your children. We're going to kill your wives. This is nothing to play with. You need to understand how serious this was. And he said in verse 13, therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. He said, go. Take it to them. Take the spears. Take the bows. Take it to your families. And in verse 14, he said, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost whispering to somebody, be not afraid. <laughs> Come on, be not afraid, somebody. The devil's been trying to scare you for so long, you ought to stand up and say, if God be for me, who cares who's against me? If God be for me, I don't care who's against me. Be not afraid of them. But he said, remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren and for your sons and for your daughters and for your wives and for your houses. These helpers understood that they weren't just building for themselves, but they were building for their sons and for their daughters and for their wives and for their husbands. I'm telling somebody tonight, somebody who's about to throw in the towel and give it up, this isn't just about you. This is about my family. This isn't just about me. This is about my family. Somebody lift up your hands right now and plead the blood of Jesus over your family right now. Come on, lift up your voice and plead the blood of Jesus over your family right now. Come on, Nehemiah, you're doing a great work. Come on, they need it right now. You don't know the protection that you're praying. You don't know what you're preventing right now. The Holy Ghost is talking to somebody. You have no idea what demons you're cutting off in the spirit right now. Come on, somebody pray until something breaks. Move until something breaks. You have no idea who you're protecting and what you are preventing right now in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I bind any spirit that comes against the families of Apostolic Tabernacle, the young children that we see run the aisles every Sunday now. I pray a hedge of protection around those children, and I pray for their future. I pray that you would raise them, lift them up, bring them up in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 
Someone so close to giving up on God because of the voice of the enemy. And I'm telling you, don't stop singing. Don't stop shouting. Don't stop teaching. Don't stop praising. Don't stop loving. Don't stop ministering. Don't stop working on the wall. Somebody needs you to keep going. Somebody needs you to keep moving. The devil wants you to stop. Before you walk away, remember that if the walls of holiness fall, it's not you who will take just the main blow, it's your children who will really face it. Before the walls of purity fall, it's not just you who will suffer, it's your children and your sons and your daughters and your wife and your houses will suffer if you throw in the towel. The enemy wants nothing more than for you to come down off the wall. Oh, Nehemiah, you don't have to stay down. Just come down. We'll talk about it. Nehemiah, just come down for just a minute so that we can counsel together and Talk about this. and There's rumors going on, Nehemiah. There's people talking about you. Come down and speak to me. I'm telling somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost, don't even entertain the voice. Don't even let it distract you. Don't even step down long enough to talk to it. Don't even jump off the wall long enough to say, maybe you're right. Maybe I am washed out. Maybe it is time for me to give it up. No, if they can get you off the wall, then they can kill you. If they can get you off the wall, then you're right where they want you at. You need to say, I cannot come down. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. You see, for Nehemiah, getting off the wall was not an option. Quitting was not an option. Distraction was not an option. Throwing it in was not an option. And somebody needs to make up their night in the name of Jesus Christ. Stopping to live for God is not even an option. Getting my family out of church is not even an option. Quitting living for God is not even an option. And he said in Nehemiah 4 and 20, In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. They knew that God was for them. So they didn't care who was against them. Tobiah and Sanballat had no power there because they had one hand on the wall and one hand on the sword. And quitting was not an option. Coming down off the wall was not an option. One of my favorite parts about Nehemiah is that it says that when they heard that people were going to begin to hinder the building of the walls, 
It said that they didn't stop working. It said that each worker had a sword hanging on his side. And they kept their hands on the building of the wall. But they were ready for whatever the enemy had to come against them. I'm telling somebody tonight, if God be for you, why are you so concerned about what stands against you? If God is really for you, then why do you care so much about the opposition? You got to work with one hand and have a sword in the other. You got to be ready to work and have the word of God in the other and say, if God be for me, then who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Coming down was not an option. And Tobiah and Sanballat knew that they couldn't breach the walls that God was building. They had heard that the building of the walls was so quick and so fast that they could not breach the walls. And so literally all they could do at this point was say, hey, Nehemiah, come down off the wall. I can't get you up there. (laughs) I can't destroy you up there. I can't hinder you up there like I want you. I need you to come down here. I'm telling you, don't stoop down to the work of the enemy. You're better than that. Don't step down to the work. You're higher than that. Don't step down to the work of the devil. You're more anointed than that. You're more powerful than that. You're more courageous. Hey, Nehemiah, come on down here. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. And what some of us do, we do it in the spirit. We're up on the wall. We're set. We're right where God wants us. We're set. We got the right suit on. We're good. We got the right tie on. We're good. You look at, you looking nice. You feel good at church. You feel the Holy Ghost. You like that song. You like that sermon. Things are feeling good. And the devil goes, hey, Nehemiah. And you go, yeah, yeah, what's going on? You just step down right into the playing field of the enemy. You need to tell the devil, hey, I don't have time to talk to you. I don't have time to mess with you. I'm doing a great work. And I can't come down right now. And I like, I like how Nehemiah said it. He said, why should I come down to you? <laughs> yeah, he, he really just was like, why would I do that? How dumb do you think I am? Tobiah, you crazy. Thinking I'm just going to step off this wall that God's been helping me build. You must be insane thinking that I'm just going to step off of the glory and the grace and the mercy. God's been way too good. He's been way too merciful. He's been way too gracious. He's been way too kind for you to be willing to step off of all that and give it to Tobiah and give it to Sanballat. He helped you build that. He helped you do that. He's been way too good to just say, all right, okay, let me come on down. We'll talk this out, devil. 
Listen, you can't talk things out with the devil. You talk things out with Jesus, and Jesus takes care of the devil. I said, you talk things out with Jesus, and Jesus takes care of the devil. You talk it out with Jesus, and Jesus takes care of the serpent. You talk it out with Jesus, and Jesus takes care of the lion. You talk it out with Jesus, and Jesus works it out. We're so busy talking to Satan, we can't even hear God anymore. We're so busy talking to Tobiah and Samballot and letting them distract us so much when we're trying to build on something. And we can't. Yeah, just come on down. I pictured Tobiah down there like, hey, Nehemiah. <laughs> come on down here. He's so stupid, Samballot. He's so stupid. He's going to come down. He, we can't even reach him up there, and he doesn't even know that. He's so stupid. And they're like down there, <laughs> he's so dumb. And Nehemiah goes, why in the world would I come down there to you? <laughs> why in the world would I step down there? I, I can't come down right now. I won't even consider it. And the Bible says that they came four times. Nehemiah, come down. Nehemiah, come down. And every time, Nehemiah said, I... I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. I wish somebody would give God praise right now because you're standing on the promises of God. You're standing on the blessings and the mercy of God. When was the last time you just thanked God and said, why did you do this for me? You have the courage and you have the ability in the name of Jesus Christ to say, why in the world would I stoop down to hell? Why in the world would I step down to Satan? Why in the world would I step down to the demonic spirit that's trying to take over my family? I'm telling you, that's the dumbest thing you could ever do in your life. Stay on the wall and keep on working and keep on praying and keep on teaching and keep on preaching until the wall looks like it's supposed to look. Trash talk. That's what Satan likes to do. He likes to talk trash. He likes to talk smack. He's a bunch of mouth and no stout. He's a bunch of mouth with no muscle. Next to God, he ain't got nothing on God. He's got nothing on Jesus. And yet we stop and we listen and we talk it out and we let him distract. You need to stop listening to him and you need to start listening to God. You need to say, if God be for me, then who cares who's against me? The enemy is beneath my feet. A few years ago, I was asked to preach a youth rally in the state of North Carolina, and I told him, I said, I'm, I'm honored. I would be thrilled to come. Great opportunity. I would love to come and preach this youth rally for you. Thank you for the opportunity to come. And I was excited about it. I knew for a few weeks I really felt like God was going to do a great work and God was going to do great things. And when I got there, they... They had pre-service prayer with all the ministers and, and uh, 
with all the worship leaders and all the praise singers. They had pre-service prayer, and they asked me to come in there and to join them. And they had a little huddle there, a little praise preacher, praise singer huddle. And, 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 and the pastor, he, he caught me on the side, and he said, he said, brother, I, I, I never got to tell you, but he said, he said, um, he said we, we've really been expecting a great crowd tonight. And we've really been expecting, you know, God to do awesome things. We've got a ton of people coming, way more than we thought we were going were gonna to come. And so we, we have had to ask to use a larger sanctuary. And, and in this sanctuary, we can seat almost 400 people and we can pack it out and we can squeeze these young people into this sanctuary so that we can do that. And he said, there's just one problem. We're, we're in this big sanctuary but he said, this, this church that we're in right now, the pastor's a friend of mine, and, and he does not uh, believe in Jesus' name baptism, and he does not believe in the oneness of God. And so he said, I made a promise for you. He said, I promised that you would not uh, preach on the name of Jesus, and I promised that you would not preach on the oneness of God. And I said, you What? You did what now? Say that one more time. And, and I said, well, to God be the glory, brother. I'm honored to be here, and we're going we're gonna to work it out. And I didn't know what to do. And instantly when he told me that, he said, so, so this, and he, and he said, this is my friend. Don't, don't do this to my friend. Don't. Don't make me go back on my word. I promise you wouldn't preach the name of Jesus. I, I promise that you would not preach on the oneness of God. And, so, and the minute that he said that, I started hearing the smack talk from the enemy. I started hearing the, the trash talk from Satan saying, you felt like God was going to do something. God ain't going to do nothing. You thought that you were going to help these young people. I just threw a wrench in the middle of this thing. This thing's going to be so messed up. This thing's going to be so awkward. And that voices were just stirring in my head. I, I couldn't even hardly think about what the praise team was singing. It was so distracting. It was saying... Nathan, come on down off the wall. Come on. You know that you don't need to preach that. You know you just need to do things right and proper etiquette. And you need to make sure that they ask you to come back to preach. And you need to make sure that you don't mess up your opportunities. And I kept hearing the trash talk from the enemy. And I stepped up to the pulpit and I said, if God be for me, then what can stand against me? And I said, I'm going to do things a little different tonight. I don't have a title, but I just want to read out of the verses of Acts. 2 and 38 and I said then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and I turned to Deuteronomy 6 4 and I said hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and I said if you don't like it talk to God about it that's straight out of the Bible five people stood up and they started talking in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave the utterance I'm telling you why would you come down off the wall if God be for you who can stand against you come on somebody clap your hands all ye people and shout with the voice of triumph and they called me the next day and they said we just baptized seven of them in my swimming pool 
I'm telling you, that's the power of the gospel. That has nothing to do with the speaker or the etiquette or the way that they talk. That's the power of the gospel. And if you've got the sword on one side and your hand on the wall, there's nothing that God can't do to help you through. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord all over this place. If God be for you, somebody say, who cares? If the musicians can come, I'm quickly coming to a close. I wonder if you could close your eyes with me right now and just pray that God would begin to minister to our hearts right now. God's trying to speak to somebody and to convince them right now. He's trying to counter the work of the devil that's been saying, what you do is just not helping. What you do is just not important. He has convinced you of insignificance, and I bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit that says what you do does not matter. I'm talking to a Wednesday night crowd. You've taught enough Bible studies. You've taught enough Sunday school classes. You've taught enough lessons. So you couldn't even say all the lessons that you've taught. And the enemy has still convinced you that what you're doing is unimportant. I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. And so when they began to build the wall and they saw the progress, Nehemiah 4 and 3 says, Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him. Somebody say, that's the enemy. And he said, even that which they build. If a fox go up, he shall even break down their wall. Let them build it. If just a little old tiny fox tries to crawl up on it, it's going to crumble right between its tiny little paws. Somebody say they were talking smack. They were talking trash. The fox represented something small, something of light weight. Tobiah was trash talking saying if only a fox ran up on the wall it would fall and the fox represents the voice of the enemy that says the, the smallest thing could make your relationship with God fall down flat. The, the smallest thing could make you backslide and give up on God. The smallest thing could cause all your work and commitments to break and crumble like stone. Somebody bow your heads with me right now and let's turn this into a place of prayer for just a minute. The smallest thing cannot turn me. The slightest thing cannot change me. I rebuke it. By the name that is above every other name. The name of Jesus. Can you speak that name Jesus right now? You don't have to shout it. You don't have to scream it. I'm not trying to work you up, but just whisper that name if you have to.
The fox comes to bring fear. And listen to the voice of the preacher today with the help of the Holy Ghost in a world that is way too concerned about what the fox says. I'm telling you, who cares what the fox says? Who cares what the fox says? It ain't nothing but trash talk. They don't have anything on you. They can't breach the walls of Jerusalem if you'll stay up there. If you'll keep one hand working on the wall and one hand on the sword. The fox likes to talk trash, but who cares what he says? If God is for us, then he'll fight for us, and he cares. If we could all stand. The Bible says... That because Nehemiah would not come down, he refused to come down. The Bible says that the wall was completed in only 52 days because they refused to come down off the wall. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. I cannot. It is not an option for me. This is what God's called me to do. This is what God wants me to be doing. I, I cannot stop this work. In closing, I'm reminded of the story of a 10-year-old boy named Christopher. He was born premature, blind, and autistic. Christopher was adopted by his parents before they realized that God had gifted him with the gift of music. And he was born blind and had never had the gift of sight. And his parents walked into the room one day and they heard him singing. The boy that could hardly communicate with them, could hardly find a way to really speak and have a conversation with them. They heard him singing. They walked into the side of his room, and they didn't, she, he didn't know that they were listening, and he was saying, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. And mama said, Chris, why that song? And he said, mommy, I can't see Jesus with my eyes, but I can see him with my heart. Now Christopher sings that song on stages all over the country because God has made a way. And if God is for him, who cares what odds are against him? Who cares what the odds are that are against him when you see him? High and lifted up. He's saying, Jesus! 
I can't see you with my eyes right now. But I can see you with my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. And it doesn't matter what the enemy throws against him, the fact that he could not see, the fact that he could not communicate, the fact that he couldn't even walk on his own without running into things. And God said, but I could use you. I can use the broken. I can anoint the blind. I can gift those to sing of my glory even when you don't know that they can. Even when you never could have imagined. God says, if God be for us, who cares what what our inabilities are? Who, Who cares what obstacles we face and the things that come against us if God is for us? Somebody shout, who cares? Who is against us? Lift up your hands right now and lift up your eyes. And I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to close your eyes and lift up your head to heaven and say, Jesus, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. God, I don't understand some things, but I may not can see some things with my eyes, but I can see you with my heart. And I know that you're there. And I know that you have not forsaken me. I know that really you have not left me even though I said that you had left me. I know I didn't mean it, God. I know that wasn't true. Forgive me, God. I know that you were there all that time. Forgive me, God. I wonder tonight, right in the middle of this revival, that if we would just step out of God's way for just a minute, that's what this entire revival has been about, is us getting out of God's way so that he can do what he really wants to do. I wonder for just a minute if we could step out of God's way symbolically into this altar right now and begin to make our way to this altar and say, I cannot come down I am doing a great work. I I cannot stop living for God. I cannot stop doing what he's called me to do. I, I don't feel qualified, but I'm telling you, he's going to qualify you. He's going to make a way when you don't understand and when you can't see it. Pray, open the eyes of my heart when I can't see with my eyes. When I don't understand with my eyes. And I wonder if in this altar right now, if we would lift up our hands and lift up our hearts and say, if God be for us, who cares who's against us? Come on right now, lift up your voice. If God be for us, if God be for us, why am I so concerned about the opposition? If God is for me, why am I so tied down by the opposition? If God is for me, why am I so concerned about the enemy? 
Come on, somebody lift up your voice right now. Somebody needs to get a who cares attitude. Somebody needs to get a who cares spirit and say, who cares who's watching? Who cares who's judging? Who cares who's hindering? If God be for me, who cares? Who cares who's watching you? Who cares who's hindering you? Someone who's been listening to the voice of the enemy for so long that you can't hear the voice of God. Stop worrying about what's standing against you and remember who is standing behind you. Who cares what the devil says and what stands against you. Instead of saying, God, look how big this mountain is. Say, mountain, look how big my God is. Opposition, look how big my God is but the problem is is that we spend so much time God look at how big my opposition is look at how huge my problems are and God's trying to shift the focus tonight and say opposition look how big my God is Come on, lift up your hands. We're going to begin to sing this song right now. Lift up your hands and lift up your voice. Come on. Somebody needs to get a who cares attitude, a who cares mentality and say, God, I'm going to speak to you until I get what I've been praying for. God, I'm going to keep working for you until I see the results that I've been praying for. I'm going to keep on working the worst thing that you can do. Oh, I'm talking in the holy. I bind every spirit right now that says to quit. I bind every spirit right now that says to stop. You're more likely to quit when the devil's convinced you of unimportance and insignificance. I bind the enemy that says what you're doing doesn't matter. And what being a good father really isn't that important. And being a godly mother really isn't all that important. Being the right kind of person for my family. I come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. There's going to be godly fathers that rise up. There's going to be godly mothers that rise up and say, if God is for us, then I don't care who's against us. Come on right now, lift up your hands right now. Lift up your voice all over this place. God's trying to minister to somebody right now. Come on. If God is for me, if God be for me, if God be for me, if God be for me, what can stand against me? your voice and say open the eyes of my heart open the eyes of my heart I want to see I want to see you come on sing that lift up your voice and make it your prayer say open the eyes of my heart open the eyes I've got to see Come on, God's about to open somebody's eyes. God's about to make a way for you to see. God's about to make a way for you to understand. The wall's almost done. You just got to keep working on it. It's got everything but the gate, but you still got to keep working on it. It's got everything but, but the finishing touches, but you've got to keep building. You got to keep building, Nehemiah. You got to keep working, Nehemiah. Don't come down off the wall until it's done. together. 
time can we lift up our hands right now in dismissal and pray that prayer God if you're for me I know that nothing can stand against me